Hello and welcome to Absolutely Fabulous. We are Papagena, a five-piece women's a cappella group, and this podcast is a bit of a peek into the minds of the singers of the group. We are Abby, Susie, Sarah, Lizzie, and another Susie. And in each podcast, we have a chat about our experience as a female vocal ensemble trying to make it in the classical music world. If you enjoy what you hear and want to know more, please visit our website, papagena.co.uk, or check out our social media channels at Papagena Singers. Thanks for listening. So welcome to um, our very first podcast. We are Papagena and we're made up of um, Susie. Hello. Abby. Hello. Lizzie. Hi. Sarah. Hi. And I am also called Susie, but I spell it with two Zs just to confuse everybody. And today we are going to be talking about putting out your first Christmas album and programming Christmas concerts. Um, We're also going to be talking about what it's like singing in an all-female a cappella group. And uh, we're also going to be having a little shout out to some of our friends in the industry. Yeah, Abby's doing a great little ah! shout out. <laughs> Post there. Thank you very much. Uh, so yeah, we're going to start really by talking about, um, we've just had our new album come out, which is really exciting, isn't it guys? Amazing. Yes. So exciting. Called Hush. Hush. And um, it's going really, really well. We're really delighted. We've had some brilliant reviews. Well, we had a, an amazing review in Gramophone magazine which is really exciting yeah what did they say they said um this is very interesting they said if we were an all-male ensemble we would be a household name yes that's yeah. how it started i think wasn't it which yeah. i think i think is amazing mm-hmm. we like to think so too <laughs> and i hope that we will be a household name one day yeah yeah hopefully and um, we've also had um, some wonderful feedback and lots and lots of support from our wonderful record label. Um, this is our second album on this record label, SOM. Um, and our first album was a Christmas album. And we were thinking it might be useful to uh, talk to the listeners about what it was like putting together a Christmas album. Obviously, we're in the height of summer at the moment, which is the perfect time, mm-hmm. any choral singer will know, to start thinking about recording, or in fact, to be recording a Christmas album. Yeah. What when? What time of year did we record Darkest Midnight? What What month? Do you know, we recorded it, we actually recorded it in April. Yeah, April. we recorded it mm. in April, and then there was a pretty quick turnaround. In fact, we were going to release it ourselves, do you that's remember? That's right, that's right. We thought... Just with our first album, Nuns and Roses, we had produced that ourselves. Um, we assumed we would it would take several more years before we got a, a record contract. So we were all set to to DIY it. And then, <clears throat> I think it was during the editing, wasn't it, that our producer, Adrian Peacock, turned around and said, do you know what, um, this is actually really very good. You really should put it under a few noses in the business. And... I think Adrian approached a record label who said, yes, we'd love it, but our Christmas release is already, schedule is already full, um, so we'll take it in a year's time. And we thought, oh, no, we don't want to wait a year. We were so excited about it. Mm. Um, I think I took it to another record label that were interested, but, you know, it was just taking a long time even to get a first meeting organised. And then Adrian put it under Siva Oak's nose at Somme. 
and lovely to see them. I, I gather she she listened to it and said, "Yep, I'll take it straight off." Just amazing. amazing. Yeah. Yeah, we've been very grateful to Son and their their trust in us. I guess. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Because suddenly you you know with the record label you suddenly get their amazing PR, their worldwide distribution. You're all over Amazon and and all these other platforms and. The kind of things yeah. that we didn't even know how to go about achieving yeah. were, were suddenly achieved for us. So, mm. yeah, what a what a lucky break that was. It's it's just interesting that we were taken on by a record company where the CEO is a woman, and I I often wonder whether that had anything to do with it. Whether she was just entranced by by that, or by the fact that it's so different from every other Christmas dish that she'd heard. I, I'd love to ask her. You know why why was it so instant? Yeah, mm. we we should ask her. Siva, yeah. if you're listening, get in touch. <laughs> Give Sarah a call. Let her know. <laughs> I love the relationship that we have with Son, um, though. I think you know Siva pours her her heart and her soul into everything mm. we've done, and she's been just the same with Hush. It was wonderful. Yeah. One of the things about um, recording the Darkest Midnight, uh, it was our first album um, that we we eventually released commercially after Nuns and Roses and we wanted that kind of chocolate box idea again of just putting lots and lots of wonderful music together. I don't know, what do you guys think about the the programming and the kind of choice of songs that we've got? I love it because I feel like our concerts are something that you can invite anybody to. I mean, you know, there are our Mm. close family members, like my brother for one, I think uh, Abby's husband that <laughs> both like bitterly complain if we don't include one of our pop songs in the program <laughs> yep it's the first question i get asked are you coming to the gig are you doing the image and heap <laughs> no not coming then <laughs> <laughs> yeah and and i really do feel like it's it, you know it's it's widely appealing um mm. and i love that about it i really mm. love that about it yeah there's something for everyone I think Sarah, correct me if my if I'm wrong, but was it Jeremy Summerley that reviewed that album on the record review and said this is an album that you can not just listen to at Christmas, but you can listen to all year round? Yeah, I can't. Yeah. It was certainly in one of those uh, Radio Three interviews, wasn't it? I can't remember whether it's him, but it's lovely, isn't it? That that those mad segues that seem to make sense to us <laughs> when we think about them, actually, they're still as as refreshing to other people as they are yeah. to us it's lovely when you get a, a response like that yeah. yes it's on paper it looks crazy but actually mm-hmm. it works in sound yeah. i know it's not the christmas program but i just always remember in christchurch priory we were singing bistu by mir <laughs> beautiful bach and then i i we turned the page and it was then um the guns and roses sweet child of mine i just remember <laughs> actually laughing at that, like in the concert <laughs> thinking ah look what we're doing next but it worked it worked really well it was a really good link
I remember once in um, with with our previous uh, program, Nuns and Roses, that we once had Hildegard of Bingham. We sang a beautiful piece of chant, and then we followed it straight away with a Hoovering song by Stephen Hadfield. <laughs> 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 and there was there was something about Hildegard being a kind of modern woman of her time. And <laughs> if if Hoovers had been around, she definitely would have rebelled against them. Yeah, so, started kicking it like we do. <laughs> so it made perfect sense at the time to uh, to do that segue. But the yeah, the mm. audience must have been baffled if you just sitting there before the concert starts, you're reading the program board again. Uh, <laughs> how will this work? Putting a program like that together, um, we I remember it's it's very different to putting a concert program together and to putting the album together yes, that's true. and that was something that took quite a long a long process of decision making and listening and um, Sarah and I specifically spent many many phone conversations and emails um, moving things around trying to get the right because it's not just a matter of getting the right style and the right theme and the right ideas sort of linking together but it's also harmonically you want to make mm. it flow you don't want anything too jarring unless it's deliberate I mean there are some things that are probably on there that are jarring but there were deliberate decisions um, and there are other things that just sort of I think the harmony thing was very important to us wasn't it mm. yeah and I think we we sort of fondly hoped that people would listen to our album the way people used to so you sit and you listen to a whole album um, so we still program in that with that hope that people will settle in their armchairs and really just get drowned in in those wonderful segues that, that we can hear in our in mm. our minds imaginations mm. Mm. Yes, you and Susie are the epic programmers. I don't know how you yeah, do it. the masters. I definitely am going to hand this over to Sarah to take most of the credit for the programming. She does the hard work and then I at the last minute go, how about just moving this to here? And you go, oh, it's perfect. Um, <laughs> and then I can take some small amount of credit. <laughs> but it's, it's really your brainchild, these programmes. They're amazing. Oh, well, that's kind of you. But I, I sort of really like the fact that you guys um, can change my mind. It's the fact that the five of us really pitch in with strong opinions that mm. gets the best result out of all of us. Um, I don't think I, I don't think any of us are backwards in coming forwards with our opinions. No, in no. <laughs> no. I mean, I felt that in rehearsal sometimes where we've been trying out new repertoire and. I've put a piece in front of you and you've sung it and then I just have to look at your faces and I know that we will never <laughs> sing that piece again. <laughs> I, I think for every piece we do, probably a big majority, definitely three out of the five of us, but four out of the five of us have to be really convinced um, that is the right thing to do. Although I do, I do remember when I wrote the Lululeu for The Darkest Midnight and uh, we started learning it and I don't think everybody liked it very much because it was hard and it didn't and, and we weren't singing it how I'd sort of envisaged and part of that's due to the fact that I'm rubbish at Sibelius and haven't conveyed my thoughts properly on the music but I do remember now that we know it and we've sung it in and we've learnt it it really works and yeah. you know I'm, I'm delighted with the results but I there was definitely a process when we first started learning it uh, but I, I think we do have to be careful sometimes we do make a quick snap decision on some stuff and you have to then just think no let's just try it again or go away and try it again another meeting just to just yeah. to be sure you know it might yeah. be a grower yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> some growers, haven't we? yeah. <laughs> struck me how many of the arrangements for that christmas disc were our own like lizzie you you did 
for Bells, didn't you? Mm. Which has been like a massive, massive YouTube sensation. Ooh, yeah. yeah. Mm. It's a cool arrangement. It's, but yeah, it's awesome. brilliant yeah. arrangement. It's a brilliant arrangement. And um, Susie, you did several, didn't you? You did uh, obviously Balula, which is your composition. But your Gaudete, I mean, talk about internet sensations. That's had, yeah. had so many uh, followers. Um, you had to rewrite it for SATB because so many people were going to touch about it. Because <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> when, when you said you were going to write Gaudete, my heart sank because I've never enjoyed singing it. I don't like it. And I absolutely love yours. It's transformed that carol for me. Oh, oh, I think you might have told me that, and I went, right. Gabby doesn't like okay. Gaudete. <laughs> right. I'm going to make her love it. Again, I think that was a grower, though. <laughs> yes, yeah. totally. Yeah. There was a lot of laughing at the beginning, getting all the yes. <laughs> One person sings Gaudete, then the next time round, two people sing it, and then all three of us sing Gaudete. And then the solo comes in, and there was a lot of laughing. Gaudete. Gaudete. Yeah, that spin of medieval music's been quite a rich thread for us, hasn't it? Um, but not obviously medieval music probably would have been sung by blokes. But we've, I think we've been quite careful to choose medieval music that would suit us to sing. So the other one we on that disc was Noel Tidings True oh, about yeah. the, the visit yeah. of, of the angel to to Mary. Um, and the the other piece was Sancta Marta Grazie Due Robin. So that's basically a lullaby. Again, all about Mary. So I think when we do medieval, we try and make sense of it for us to sing as opposed to uh, men to, to weird it out. One of the things that people ask us really regularly is what is it like singing in an all-female a cappella group? They sort of say, why have you chosen five for a start? Mm. Um, I was just wondering if you guys had any thoughts on that. Why is five the magic number for Papagena? Well, I think um, with five voices, you can just get a wider spread of... Um, a vocal range, can't you? Do you guys remember um, The Waiting Sky from The Darkest Midnight? Oh. oh. <laughs> <laughs> Collective, ah. sorry. Speaking about five voices working together. Yeah, Olive, Oliver Tarney especially wrote this arrangement for female voices, didn't he? And um, there are some chords in that. I think Ollie loves exploring quite jazzy chords. There's a spread of the chord which you couldn't get if you had fewer than five voices it just just wouldn't mm. work um so yeah i think ollie really knew our sound he'd come to a couple of concerts and heard us i think so he was really his ears were very attuned to what we could do um but there are moments that really show off just five voices and what a beautiful beautiful mm. spread you can get if if you push mm. it it's, it's lovely isn't it luminous it's yeah luminous isn't it yeah i've f- found it if you want to have a listen <gasps> Yes, please. Lovely, yes, please. Yes, please. Here we go. 
Big-headed. I mean, the piece is just gorgeous. Mm, sure. <laughs> yeah. To be to be fair, my only recollection of that piece is just having to try and breathe through my ears because yes. the phrases are so long. Yeah. And Abby and I, there are quite a few moments where we were just when we recorded it. It's very very hard to actually do that live in concert because if we want to do it that slowly, uh, uh, it's virtually impossible. Yeah, you can't stagger because there ain't no one to stagger with. <laughs> I suppose, and that's that's another thing about being in a in a group of just five singers um, is is that the luxury of being able to stagger but it it is is gone but I think we can all work together it's really lovely that we get this mm. opportunity to kind of help each other out and quite often I mean do you remember that concert Abby I think it was in Top Topsham ah I was very oh. poorly oh and you had that cough oh fit, yeah didn't you? yeah very and then good. I was like trying to be silent because if I opened my mouth I was going to cough and then I was sort of trying to carry on singing and it just went and then you just Susie just jumped in you just jumped in on my line and just it was like you were so on it you were just in and then I was kind of I remember sort of pointing to Lizzie's score saying I think I can come in here on your part so it's a bit you know it was incredible and in fact I think there was a bit where um, uh, Susie or Sarah were talking and you just sidled up between us and went I've lost my voice somebody needs to do my solo and and Lizzie and I go completely through the magic of, of of eye contact you do that bit I'll do that bit you do that bit (laughs) but that's what's so wonderful about being in a group like this is that you know we've all got each other's backs and we all help each other out and we can all have this sixth sense Mm. and that's helped that's really saved Mm. us do you remember Mm. that concert um, Susie when um, you started Hamisha and you had an out of body experience oh my goodness oh yes (laughs) 
I must have sung that solo, well, how many times? <laughs> I didn't feel very well. I felt like I was going to pass out. And I sort of had this vision of, because I was standing in the door at the back, supposed to be making an entrance. And I was standing at the door and having a vision of myself sort of passing out and falling backwards oh, through God. the door. I just thought, just sing something, <laughs> you know. Well, I, I remember thinking, she's sounding incredible. Your voice was um, amazing. But why on earth are all the words wrong? Yeah. <laughs> I think Susie was actually able to do an impression of what I had sung oh. afterwards. Oh, yes, it was really, it was kind of on the same wavelength as the, the language, but it wasn't quite the language. It's like, um, <laughs> I can't. <laughs> I can't. <laughs> But the thing was that I was thinking, oh gosh, I, I don't want to stress everyone out. I don't know what's going on. Um, we all oh, yeah. walked together towards yeah. the centre and I just felt so supported by everyone. Mm. Like, come on, Susie, you can do it. And I was like, right, okay. <laughs> I don't know what just happened, but thank you. <laughs> we love Paul and a few other people. We've come to the point of the podcast where we are going to pay tribute to the people who have made uh, Papagena who we are and been so supportive of us over the years. Um, we actually call this section uh, rather affectionately, We Love Paul. Um, <laughs> and that is because um, that's really in tribute to um, Paul, Sarah's husband, who we do love and has been an absolute rock um, during our time setting up Papagena and he still continues to be a rock. Um, but... Today, um, in fact, Sarah, do you want to introduce who we're going to talk about? Yeah, well, today we thought we'd feature Sing for Pleasure because um, it's a charity that four of us, at least, have been involved in. Um, so basically, Sing for Pleasure encourages people to sing and I think get maximum pleasure from their singing by helping them to get better at it. So it runs singing courses and events, conductor training. The Ron Seal of the choral world. That's what it says on the tin, exactly. <laughs> um, and Susie and I first met, didn't we, um, working. We are both teaching on a Sing for Pleasure summer school. Um, I think Papagena was really born out of some of the conversations we had there mm. about, you know, lack of opportunities for women to sing in, in professional consorts. So when we eventually got up and running, and one of our first concerts was in Covent Garden. Do you remember that? That was my yes. first one? Basically, we told our friends from Sing for Pleasure... Um, about the concert and the CEO Manvinder Rattan brought his entire family you know they oh, filled up two rows in, in the in the venue and I thought do you know what? it's all very well people saying they support us and, and wishing us luck but the proof of the pudding is will they actually buy tickets and come and physically yeah. support you because I don't know about you guys but if I'm doing a concert and I've got friends sitting there I mean it, it means so much to you to have their yeah. physical mm -hmm. support doesn't it it's terrifying, but it's great. It's, it's yes, there's something <laughs> also scary about singing to friends, but especially when you have to walk past them. I always find like shake loads <laughs> when like some you know mate of yours that you brought over and you happen to be starting the concert at the back, or like you have to walk past them or process past them, and you're like, oh god, do I look at them? Do I pretend I haven't seen them? You're like, what do I do? Oh, I'm the worst. I just give them a I'm massive sorry. cheesy grin, and I often go, hello. <laughs> 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 I bet you're one of those kids at school in the yeah. like nativity away, like, hi mum, probably, hi dad. <laughs> 
But uh, the other thing about Sing for Pleasure is that several of Sing for Pleasure members have actually offered us concerts, haven't they? Mm. So mm, um, yeah. I think the first person to do that was Steve Gregson, who was the chair of the trustees, and we did a concert in Twickenham for him. And I don't think Steve yeah. had actually heard us, but he still booked us and had the faith in he us. He took a punt on us, didn't he? As yeah. did um, Brad Thornborough. Um, he booked us for a Christmas concert in Stourbridge um, in 2018. And we sang to a packed house again because of Brad getting getting an audience in, and and then last year we sang for Jane Hampson, who's a real powerhouse of energy and can-do attitude, isn't she? She works at, in Bolton and, and for the Halle, and and she we love Jane. Oh, we definitely love Jane. She packed the place out at work. You're quite right, right, Susie. And the cakes. <gasps> yes, the cakes. Yes. Afterwards. And anybody who knows yes. Papagena knows our relationship with cake <laughs> is very strong. <laughs> yeah. There's always lots of... We've had lots of people from Sing for Pleasure just come to concerts mm, and support definitely. us. Definitely. Um, yeah. Being really supportive on Facebook, you know, encouraging us and sharing posts and mm. yeah. helping us to get people interested in coming to gigs and sharing I was just remembering um, Mags Ray in mm. Edinburgh because Mags Ray, we met her at Sing for Pleasure and she ended up putting Lizzie up, didn't she, in, uh, yeah. in Edinburgh. Wonderful person. I love her. Mm. She's absolutely brilliant. The first time I heard a version of Papagena was at a Sing for Pleasure summer school. Oh, right. Little yes. did I know that, I don't know how many years later I would be singing with you guys. <laughs> Yeah, we should probably explain that Susie joined us since 2017. Um, it was the winter tour 2017, I think. Yeah, but you, you guys sang... Well, I can't remember who the lineup was. It wasn't Papagena, but it was a group of singers, including... Oh, it's Sing for Pleasure, you mean? It yeah. was. I think, Sarah, you had just arranged um, the Hide and Seek, the Imogen Heap, and we were. you wanted to try it out. Yeah. I happened to be there doing singing, teaching... Susie and you were there, obviously doing your yep. tutoring. And I was doing my conductor training. <laughs> and we sang, they have an informal concert, don't they? Yeah. Halfway through the week. And we sang Hide and Seek in that informal concert. Yeah. And that was the first yeah. sort of run through we'd had of it. It was quite scary, actually. Yeah. And I cried my eyes out. <laughs> because it was beautiful and sad. Let's not forget Katie Cooper, who wrote, not only did she write the opening. Um, track or arrange the opening track of our Nuns and Roses album, um, Catapult. Right. But also, she we did yes. one of our first concerts with her wonderful Madrigals up in um, Glasgow yes. at Glasgow University, right. and she is a total legend as well. Um, and she writes brilliant pieces um, that that we often uh, delve into. So thank you, Katie Cooper. Mm. Yeah, thank you, Katie. Everyone at Sing for Pleasure. Well, there's just so many connections and so much support and. Yeah, we love you, Sing for Pleasure. It's great. Mm. Yeah, thank you. So that's it from us. Um, thank you very much to you wonderful people at home listening. Um, we're going to come back to you with some more topics next time. Uh, we've really enjoyed speaking to you all, haven't we, guys? Yeah, yes. Lovely. Love it. And uh, please feel free to share it with anybody you think might be interested in learning a bit more about what it's like to sing in Papagena in a group like this. Check us out on social media. Um, but for now, um, see you later. Bye-bye. Bye. 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 Bye.